And I want to thank God for tonight. Amen. And I especially want to thank our senior pastor and the entire church leadership for giving me this opportunity, us, myself and Ellie, this opportunity to share with us um, the word of God. Amen. Um, tonight, before I do anything else, I would like to sing a song. Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul, I live for you alone, every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul, I live for you alone, and every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Father, have your way. Lord, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. And I live for you alone. Every breath that I take. Every moment I am awake, Father, have your way in me. So, Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the opportunity to be gathered at your feet, to receive from you. We ask that you give us open hearts to receive your word. Speak to us, Lord Jesus. Speak through me, Lord. I submit myself to you tonight. Thank you, Father. Have your way in this place. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I must confess that it was a bit difficult <laughs> to get something to share, but I believe that God is going to speak to us. More importantly, maybe to myself tonight. Amen. <clears throat> I tried to get a theme for my message, but we'll see how it goes. Um, please, can I have Matthew chapter 22, verse 34? We'll read through verses 34 and 40, through 34 to 40. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. 
Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Amen. Um, I did a little background um, research on um, the Pharisees and I mean, why they asked. Of course, they asked the question because they wanted to tempt Jesus. And I found also that um, they had about 613 commandments. And out of the 613, they had grouped some to be great and then some to be not so great, but, also, but some were more powerful than um, others. And, um, I mean, of course, that's how they do their things, law. So once you're able to do certain things more, then you're a good Pharisee. Maybe that will take you to heaven uh, and you get a certain high position in society then. And, and so that was what it was. And then the um, lawyer who wanted to same Jesus asked, but I want to believe that maybe some way, somehow, they wanted to really find out who was doing well, I mean, obeying all of these commandments. But we find that Jesus sort of, like, diverted the whole thing, and he didn't talk about any of their laws or any of their commandments, but he spoke about two great commandments. And I believe that what Jesus wanted to do, really, was to call them to a place of maybe friendship with the Lord, a place of intimacy with the Father, and not to obey sets of rules and commandments. Amen. And I believe that that's what God is calling us to tonight. Amen. He's calling us to a place of knowing the Father's heart. Um, Jesus said that if you love me, you will obey my commandments. Amen. And so it is not obeying the commandments, first of all, that shows that you love God. But actually loving God will lead you to obey his word. Amen. And so Jesus pointed out to them that he pointed out to them the first thing, the proton thing, the important thing, which was to love God with all of their hearts. And tonight we'll be looking at what it means to love God with all of your heart. Maybe Jesus could have said, love God with your heart, with your soul, with your mind. But he said, with all of your heart, with all of your soul. And with all of your mind. Amen. And I believe that sometimes we are tempted to, we think that we love God, but maybe we are doing with part, part of our hearts, with parts of our souls, and then with parts of our minds. Amen. But he's calling us to complete love. Amen. And I'm sure we all know what love is. But I'll attempt to define love. I I looked it up in the dictionary. And love is a strong feeling. It's a feeling of strong or constant affection for a person. Love is also a great interest or pleasure in something 
Amen. And when you look through scripture, you realize that the very first time that this commandment was given was to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12, also chapter 6, verse 5. If we can have a look at 6, verse 5. Okay. And now Israel, okay, yes, thank you. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. 12 verse, 10 verse 12, sorry. And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And then lastly, Deuteronomy 30 verse 6. Sorry. Sorry, I think I got that one wrong. Okay, so that's it. Okay. And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. Amen. And so it wasn't a new thing that Jesus was telling them. But it's amazing how Maybe they sort of overlooked that part of the scripture. And they had 613 commandments they were following. I can imagine how living in that day would have been. Because even out of the 613, you have the great ones. And then you have the ones that are it's like, okay, yes, ordinary. Amen. Um, loving the Lord with all of our hearts. I believe that God wants to be the center of our affection. Amen. And he, he's calling us to a place where we'll come out of the deepest parts of ourselves and to give all of ourselves to him. Amen. The place where our spirit longs to become one with the Father. The psalmist said in, in Psalm 27 verse 4, One thing I have desired and that will I seek after. Hallelujah. God wants us to come to that place of intimacy with him. And um, I believe that when Jesus said, with all of your hearts, it's because, like I mentioned earlier, we can do it with parts of our hearts. I mean, we are in this world, and there are so many things that we see that... Um, attempt to take our attention away from God. And there's a tendency to love the world. The word of God says that love not the world nor the things that are in the world. And so God is calling us to that place of loving him with all of our hearts. Because our hearts can begin to follow the things of the world and the things that are in the world. Amen. And when our hearts are captivated with loving God or loving him with all of ourselves, then there will be no place or no room for the world in our hearts. Hallelujah. And Paul also prayed for the church in Thessalonica. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 4 to 5, he said that the Lord directs your hearts into the love of God. 
Amen. So there's a tendency for our hearts to begin to follow after other things. But Paul prayed for them. He said that, that the Lord would direct your heart into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. So in summary, I mean, talking about the heart, loving God with all of our hearts, I would like to say that because our hearts is the place um, or the center of our, is that place that we love from our affections and from our deepest desires. Amen. And um, when you take, if you really want to enter into a very close relationship with someone, we look at um, being intimate with a person. Amen. Where you share your deepest secrets, like your heart of hearts with. And maybe in this our world, the best example we can give is a married couple. Amen. And you, I think that <laughs> when you talk about intimacy, it's, it will be really difficult for a couple to not reach that place of intimacy unless then there's, there's really no love or something. Amen. But... Um, God is calling us to that place of intimacy, that place of inward affection, that place where our spirits will begin to long, to become one, will long for oneness with the Father. Amen. That place where we'll receive from the heart of the Father and then begin to live what we receive. Amen. And not from um, sets of rules, sets of regulations. Okay, so I'm going to do this so that... um, I'll be, I'll, I'll be seen as a child of God or a Christian. I'm going to follow these sets of rules. But once we focus all of, our, all of our affection and all of our desires and all of our longings on him, then we'll come to that place where we begin to live what is on his heart. Amen. I hope I'm making some sense. <laughs> and we want to look at loving God with all of our soul. The soul is the place of our will and our consciousness. And God wants us to love him with all of our will. Amen. Our will says what we want or what we want to do. It is with our will that we make decisions, what we want to be, who we want to marry, where we want to live the next step to take in life. Amen. And God is calling us to that place of loving him with all of our will, where his love will overwhelm us and crush our will till our will becomes one with his. Amen. And I found that the will of man is very, very powerful. And... um, so powerful that it can choose to not remain under the will of God. Hallelujah. But we do not want to be people of our own will. But we want to be people who have submitted our will to the Father. So that our will will become one with His. Where our will will be broken 
and be crushed by his love. God wants to invade our will. Amen. And so he's calling us to that place of loving him with all of our soul. With, with everything that is within and with all of our consciousness. Hallelujah. I would like us to read Psalm 84, verses 1 to 3. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself. Where she may lay her young, even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Please go back to verse 2. It says that my soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Hallelujah. And we want to come to that place where our soul longs and faints for the courts, for the presence of the Lord. Amen. Where our soul is no more in that place of control. Amen. But that our soul will be submitted to the will of God. Hallelujah. That our will will be tethered to His by His rope of love. Hallelujah. We also want to look at loving God with all of our mind. Our mind is the place of our intellect of our thoughts, of our ponderings. Our minds are bombarded with so many things daily. The things we see, the things we hear, even the things that we feel. So much so that it can be difficult to stay your mind on the Lord. Hallelujah. And so when God says that, love me with all of your mind, he actually wants to also invade your thoughts. Amen. So, so that our thoughts are not um, fully, maybe, um, we don't dwell our thoughts fully on the things that we see around us. Of course, yes, we can't prevent the things that we see around us from going into our minds. But even when we see them, and they are sort of in our minds and all, I mean, Jesus is proton in our minds, hallelujah, And I believe that God is calling us to a place of staying aware of his presence. Staying aware of his presence. So that he becomes real, more real to us than the things that we see, than the things that we hear, or than the things that we feel. Even than the things that we know. He wants to captivate our thoughts life. Hallelujah. And so he says that, love me with all of your mind. So that our first response to a negative comment or a bad news or even a good news will be born from that place of intimacy. Where love rules our atmosphere. Amen. And God wants us to submit our intellect to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We, we want to come to that place where we are always aware 
of his presence because our mind is stayed on him. And there are times that I go through the whole day and then I think, hey, I haven't really made time to think on the Lord, to reflect on him, like just to just stay aware of who he is. Amen. But God is calling us to that place. That's why he, he wants us to love him with all of our mind. Amen. And I want to attempt to talk about the second greatest commandment. Can we please go back to Matthew 22? 34. 35, 36. Please go on. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And as I thought on this scripture, I was like, okay, love your neighbor as yourself. Um, I've heard it over and over again. What does it really mean to love your neighbor as yourself? And then um, my mind went to the scripture in First Corinthians chapter 13. And actually, when I read First um, Corinthians 13, I thought to myself that um, maybe this is what we call scripture explaining scripture. Because um, when you look at, okay, love your neighbor as yourself, how do I do it? But Lord, what do you really mean by love your neighbor as yourself? And then my mind goes to First Corinthians 13. Please, can we go there? Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or clanging cymbal. And though I have the gifts of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked, thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in parts and we prophesy in parts. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in parts shall be done away. Okay, so it goes on, and so it says that there are three that abide, hope, faith, and love, but love is the greatest. And as I was reading the scripture, um, the scripture that came to mind was when God said that I have exalted my word above all my names. Then it looked to me as if God was saying that, look, I have exalted love above all these things that you do from verse 1. Though I speak in tongues of men and of angels and 
have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And I mean, it goes on, I have faith to move mountains. And I have not love. It's really nothing. If I understand mysteries, I have knowledge. And I do not have love. All of it is really, really nothing. But then it goes on to say that, but this is love. And please, can we go on to where it talks about love is? Okay. Love suffers long and is kind. And this is love. And I believe that when Jesus says that love your neighbor as yourself, this is what is as practical as our everyday life and the things that we do, the things that we see, the things that we say. Love suffers long and is kind. Does not envy. Love does not parade itself and is not puffed up. Verse 5. Love does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked and thinks no evil. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there's knowledge, it will vanish away. Hallelujah. And so, I believe that when Jesus says that, love your neighbor as yourself, this is the kind of love that he's asking us to do. Amen. And these things are with us every day, every second, every minute. But the question is whether we have really submitted ourselves to this word of God. And whether we really do it and whether we really live it. Amen. And so for those of us like me who have been wondering, what does it really mean to love your neighbor as yourself? I think that you should take a look at 1 Corinthians 13, amen, and look at what love is and what love is not. Hallelujah. As I wrap up, um, I want to maybe talk about four things that I think I found that are preferred over love or that are greater than love, amen. And, of course, the number one is faith. The Word of God says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Amen. But then the same Word of God says that, look, love is greater than faith. Hallelujah. So, and one of the things that love is preferred over, or is greater than, as we look into the Scriptures, is faith. And then also hope, as we find in First Corinthians chapter 13. And then, I also found knowledge. Shall we please, um, please give me First Corinthians 8, verse 1 to 3. Now concerning things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. But knowledge puffs up, and love edifies. If anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. But if anyone has love, this one is known. If anyone loves God, this one is known by him. Hallelujah. And 
yes, knowledge is good. I don't think knowledge is bad. But the word of God says that. And I think knowledge is even rather supposed to also edify us. Because when someone gives you knowledge, they open your eyes to something that you don't know of. Or something that you haven't thought of. But I'm surprised to see that the word of God says that it is love that rather edifies. And then knowledge puffs up. Amen. So if you have knowledge, but there's no love attached to the knowledge, or you don't, you don't abound in love over, maybe over the knowledge, then your knowledge won't do anything to anyone. It won't affect any life. It rather make you puffed up. Hallelujah. And then also, sin. First Peter chapter 4 verse 8. Above all things, have fervent love one for another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Amen. And so, yes, it's not as if God will overlook our sin if we don't confess. But in terms of our relationship with one another, maybe we don't really stand in the place to forgive like God does. But our love can do a lot of things, amen, to one another or to ourselves. Hallelujah. Our love for one another will cover or will enable us to pass the faults of others. Amen. And so, as I make room for my brother to take over, um. Going back to um, our first commandment, I want to say that God is calling us to friendship and he's calling us to a history of friendship with him, not to a set of rules or commands, but he's calling us to a place of knowing the Father's heart. And so when he says that, love me with all of your heart, love me with all of your soul, love me with all of your mind, He's calling us to a place of intimacy with him. Amen. Where we've given him all of ourselves. Not part of it. Not some of it. But everything to know him. And to have him fully in us. Hallelujah. Amen.